Hello and welcome into American Hammers Radio. I am your host, Tex of the Fresno Irons. This is episode 19, and we are joined today by the brand new, the bright and shiny, the beautiful, the one and only Liam Bright is joining me on the podcast today. Liam, how are you? I'm doing amazingly well and especially with an introduction like that you can't ask for better i mean to say the bright and the beautiful i mean my wife doesn't even compliment me like that i'm i am claret and blue in the face just so you know i am single so don't don't uh, <laughs> don't tease me too much here liam it is a uh, it is a I hate to break this to you, but it's a very somber uh, show. If we had some John Tesh in the backfield, uh, maybe that would make us feel all a little bit better here. <laughs> but uh, we're recapping two games here. We're going to do the first one relatively quickly. West Ham went down to Wolves 2-0, and that's all I really want to say about that. We're going to go into the Arsenal game, which is just most recently as of yesterday. Um, West Ham started off the game beautifully, played very well, was very aggressive, and wouldn't you know it, they got a West Ham-type goal from on Helog Bana right at the end of the first half to go up 1-0. It was checked by VAR. It did count, even though everybody in the pub, including you, Liam, we were a little (laughs) skeptical if that was going to count. And then the second half began, and it was the 10 minutes of hell, Liam. From the 60th minute to the 69th minute, West Ham United conceded three different goals. It is to be noted that Aaron Cresswell goes down. Arthur Masuaku comes in. We all know he's a defensive liability. And wouldn't you know it, he, of course, all three goals come from his side, and he's unable to stop anybody. And, you know, West Ham was in the giving mood. The holiday season's up. We gave a brand-new Premier League player in Martinelli his very first-ever start, and he gets his very first-ever goal. Of course, it's against West Ham United. Then Pepe, the one thing we know about Pepe is do not let him on his left foot. Arthur Masawaka goes, I'm going to call your bluff you here. You know what? Sounds like a good idea. Why don't you go ahead and try that left foot for me? And I think it worked fairly well for him. It was a beautiful curler into the top, into the top left corner past David Martin. And then Obama Yang added another one and West Ham United down three one at no point did they look back in that game. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was incredibly somber for me. It was tough. How, how did you feel after a three one loss when it was so promising at halftime? And it was, it was almost begging for us to fail, to be honest with you. Cause, you know, as I was uh, going to meet you over at the pub, so I'm listening to the radio broadcast on the drive over and, you know, we get to halftime and they're just absolutely, you know, stunned with how amazingly aggressive uh, West Ham were. The fact that, you know, there was no point in the field that it didn't feel like we had, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the upper hand, they were even going so far as to say in the first 20 minutes, even though Arsenal dominated possession, it was possession pretty much sitting in their backfield in their, in their defensive third. And that when any time that West Ham did get possession of the ball, that we were absolutely dominating attack. We were an ongoing threat. There was really never a point at halftime that anybody thought this game was going to end anything other than a hammers win. So for us to have that loss with Cresswell, and as you said, so eloquently that, Masuaku comes on, and as much as we want to chant, he doesn't give the ball away. He literally did nothing but give the ball away and give them every opportunity to continue to attack on you know our left side, their right side, and just absolutely dominate for at least those 10 minutes. And it really felt just after that first goal that we gave up. There, it was almost a whole nother, well, we're back to the same old, same old. We almost expect to just lay down and let them dominate the rest of the game. And we... 
we always joke this is the West Ham way, but it feels like every team that needed that turnaround, they face us and they get that they get that turnaround. But we have yes, yet to really get that. It's it's frustrating because they're a struggling team. Arsenal are in shambles right now. Unai Emery is gone. Yep. The manager they have in, um, I can't even say his Youngberg. name. Yeah, and they're 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 I on think. the heels. <laughs> they're on their heels. And this is a team that I I look at and I go, there's blood in the water here. And West Ham United, as many troubles that we had, the one problem we seem to have not had was at least we have a manager in place instead of operating with this other guy. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe we need the other guy now. And excuse me, I'm not wondering. I'm going to be honest here. Why did I lie about it? What we need, Pellegrini needs to go because that. That Arsenal team that we lost to, that's the worst Arsenal team I've ever seen since I've been supporting the Premier League. That is hands down, without question. Now, granted, Obama Yang stands above all. That guy's a different level player. But we looked better. We had the better chances when we got them. I mean, it's just so infuriating to watch West Ham United deteriorate. It's almost... I mean, it's literally like watching somebody die of starvation. That's how I feel in watching West Ham United because there's no energy. There's no effort. Mark Noble doesn't look like he's invested. And if Mark Noble's not invested, then there needs to be changes made because that guy bleeds Claret and Blue. And it's it's difficult to watch, you know, as a fan, whether whether this is your first season supporting the club or, you know, your 50th season supporting the club. You look at this and you... You live and die by the concept that West Ham United, while never being, you know, the the casual tourist fans choice, that we are a die die hard group. And as we live and die by the badge, we expect our players to do the same. And as you said, with with Mark Noble, I think with Robert Snodgrass, with Declan Rice, with, you know, uh Antonio, I think that we have a group of them that do live and die with that badge. But when you notice that even they aren't giving that hundred percent or that they have seemed to have lost the faith, it's hard as a supporter to feel like we can kind of pick up the slack. Cause there's only so much we can do from the stands or from the pubs or, you know, from the privacy of our homes. So we rely on these guys to carry, to carry through and at least give the effort. I'm fine with a three, one loss. If we battled every minute of the game and we battled maybe the first 45, and then it's like we said, 50th minute or whatever it was when Cresswell went down. After that point, it was all Arsenal. You know, I I want to believe in Arthur Masuaku, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and it sounds like we're piling on one player that's the cause of this. It's not just Arthur Masuaku. It's the fact that he was left on an island. You know, as a defensive unit, you know you have a weak link. You have to do things, and the manager knows that he is not the strongest defensively, and you're putting him in into a position. It's almost like we put him in to fail, and it's frustrating because there's not many left backs in the Premier League who can hang with Pepe. There's just not. Um, he's he's a very talented player. That's why Arsenal spent the amount of money they did. He's had an underwhelming season. And, of course, what do, the, what do the announcers say in the game? They go, well, maybe you know he's finally turned the corner. Of course, he has to turn the corner against West Ham United. But uh, that brings me to this question, Liam, and this is where I'm so infuriated. Is it time for us to realize yet again – that we're not that good, and we're in another relegation fight for what is it—the third year in a row we've been dealing with this. Yeah, and it's it's hard to look in the mirror and really see that because on paper you look at our our team sheet, right? 
and you compare that with anybody in the top half of the table, and we should we should absolutely be up in that upper echelon. We I, I tweeted the other day that we should be battling for top six. We should be battling for you know uh, European uh, placement. But instead, here we are sitting in the battle at the bottom, which is what the board told us was not going to be happening with the money that they were spending, with the appointment of Manuel Pen- Pellegrini, the move to London uh, to London Stadium. These were all promises that Sullivan Gold and Brady told us that sold us on it to try to get us to continue to believe in a club that so many are now saying has lost the soul, not just the heart, but they've lost the soul of what this club is. And, you know, yeah, you look at somebody like Arthur Masawaku, who is probably playing out of position. You look at someone like Declan Rice, probably playing out of position. Yeah, he plays defensive mid for the English national team, but he's he's a center back by trade. There is no reason why we couldn't have made some adjustments with the players on the field before making any other substitutions to help support Masawaku to be successful on that left-hand side. And that just was never the case. This is, um, you know, it's easy um, to point the finger at one person and, and, you know, it's easy for us to pile on Masawaku. It's easier for us to point at Pellegrini. But you bring up a very interesting point. We're going back to the board yet again. And this is one thing. I, I am not a board hater. I'm not going to sit there and say that I am. But I am going to tell you that I'm, I don't know how to feel anymore because the board, it's very, very clear that the promises you made, have there's never been any follow through as you told us. West Ham are all about soul. Like you have to have that soul and that passion to play. And where is it? Where the fuck is it? (laughs) Okay. I can't find it. I'm going to tell you right now. Now, granted, I'm the worst person to look. I can't even find a girlfriend. And I understand that. (laughs) But the point is who, who is leading this club into where they say we're supposed to go. It's clearly not Sullivan or Gold or Brady. It's clearly not Pellegrini. And now I'm starting to question if there's anybody on the team who's willing to grab something by the scruff of the neck and take it where it needs to go. Because right now, Liam, it I mean, we need to prepare ourselves. I've already looked into cable packages to pick up the championship. <laughs> and there's not any. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Well, and you you think about that in in that regard as well, where when we have resigned ourselves to relegation, we've resigned ourselves to the the championship, and it begs the question, would you rather continue to suffer the way that we are? Like, say we escape relegation, right? Say we still sit in the bottom half of the table, maybe around 14th, 15th place, right? So if we end in that, would you rather see us sit there and have Manuel Pellegrini stay and the board stays and it's business as usual, but we're sitting in that lower end? Or would you rather drop to championship? They have to get rid of Pellegrini. We probably lose a couple of our high-profile players because we're going to have to sell them off, of course, and then battle our way back up. And hopefully, maybe you start with some fresh legs. You start with, you know, Connor Coventry and Nathan Holland and, you know, uh, Grady Diangana. Like you bring some of these youth players in, give them the chance, like we're seeing Grady get at West Brom. And they, they maybe bring back a little bit of that soul back into the club. Like we bring in those players that came up through the academy. We are the academy of football for a reason. And it just doesn't look that way. It doesn't look like we're developing players into being better players. I'm going to tell you what we do, Liam. <laughs> Blow the shit up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to say some things right now. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to disagree with probably 90% of them. But I'm going to tell you the truth. There is a fundamental issue at this club. It is deep-rooted. It is planted deep. The, we have to dig it out. 
Yeah. And that, and I'm telling you now, I'm not saying that's the board needs to sell the club and I'm not saying, um, that, you know, all this has to happen, but, um, you got to start selling guys. And you know what? If you go down to the championship and you build the team the right way, that's fine. Look at wolves. Yeah. Look at wolves. They go down. They spent two years down. They come up. They're arguably the greatest promoted side to ever come into the premier league. Every year they've been back, which granted, I know it's only their second year back, but they've sat on the top half of the table both years. As a newly promoted club, that's largely unheard of. The, you, have, you have a 50% chance when you get promoted to go right back down, not to Wolves. And I'm telling you right now, they, they went back to the drawing board. They sold their big pieces. They bought young. They invested smart. They got a manager who was willing to be a part of something to build it, and they have. And I'm not saying that Pellegrini's not willing, but Pellegrini is 75 years old. He's a man that's clearly past his prime as a manager. And whatever reason you brought him in for, you were lied to. Look, we all get cheated on Liam. It happens. <laughs> you know, I've played, we've all played Monopoly with our family. It's not fun. No. Nope. But when you realize that it's a cheater at the table and he's cheating us out of money, he's cheating us out of our soul. I'm not saying that's his intention. He's got to go. He has got to go. And that brings me to this question. Should the board have already fired Pellegrini with this run that we're on, even with the Chelsea win um, at the bridge, should we have already fired him? And and that's that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, and, uh, you know, anybody that's watched me on American Hammers TV, I have been pretty staunch on you've got to give him the time you've got to give him the time to be able to make it through January transfers, make him through another summer and get him to finish out that third season. But I'll be honest, seeing the performances that it feels like it's more than just the players aren't good enough. It feels like you said, there's a rot at the center of the club. And I don't know if it's the board. I don't know if it's drama behind the scenes or what the deal is, but you can, you can feel that this club does not, does not have the same essence of, of what we've seen in years past. And I wonder at this point, we keep hearing, you know, the trip to St. Mary's, right? If, if Southampton is his do or die game, but it was that by accident or design. Are they doing this because they're looking at, okay, with that Liverpool game moved, if he loses or wins at Southampton, we shit can him anyways, because we have essentially two weeks until there's another game. I think it's the 26th is the next game after the one this weekend. So that gives a new manager sufficient time to actually make an impression. Cause I think if they were going to uh, uh, sack him earlier than this, it's going to give a bad first impression for whatever new coach comes in. So say, say you had sacked him right before Chelsea, you have another coach comes in, say we didn't win at Chelsea. Everyone's going to go, Oh, it's not the manager. It's the boards, the players, blah, blah, blah. And we don't get that new manager bounce. This would give us enough time where win, lose or draw at Southampton, you have those two weeks. So I wonder if it's by design or if really the board just completely backs Pellegrini and thinks, well, we'll give him a little bit more money in January and see if he turns it around. You couldn't be more wrong, Liam. I love you to death, but you couldn't be more wrong. He should have been fired. Listen, I'm going to prove you my point here. Against Man United, we had that 2-0 win. We're all on top of cloud nine. We're like, this is legit. West Ham have arrived. All those promises the board made were real. Let's take a look at what happened since that game. 
Loss in the Carbaro Cup to Oxford United 4-0. I could take a 1-0 loss, but to Oxford 4-0. Then a comeback draw against Bournemouth. This is all the way back in September. Let's go into October. Three games. A 2-1 loss to Crystal Palace when we were up 1-0. A 2-0 drubbing by Everton when we were never in the game. We had to fight back and get a 1-1 draw against Sheffield United fucking Sheffield for a draw and a fight to win that. Then you go into November, a 3-2 loss to Newcastle, and don't let the score fool you. We were out of that game. We scored two goals in the last 15 minutes just to make it respectable. Burnley, fucking Burnley, beat us down 3-0. Never were in that game. Tottenham, up 3-0. We get two back. Same situation at Newcastle. We find a way to beat Chelsea. Don't ask me how. (laughs) Now we're into December. 2-0 loss to Wolves and a 3-1 loss to Arsenal. And I'm asking you, if we remove the Chelsea game, what game were we actually in? He should have been fired a month ago. The manager search should have already started. A caretaker going in. You want a manager that knows how to build a team out of nothing? You offer the world your firstborn child, you whatever it takes to Pochettino. He turns it down fine. You went for the white whale, you didn't get him. That's fine. I'm not certain he would take us, but the point is Pellegrini's got to go. It's time. And if, if West Ham are, are true to what they're saying, let's be honest here, Liam. Get him out right now. Get the manager in. Let him have the time, enough games to assess what he has and let the fire cell begin in January and do what needs to be done because we have some pieces that we can get some money for. Yeah, and it's it's one of those, I think as American fans especially, we're so used to that in the national team where we hold on to the same coaches for far too long when we recognize obviously they're not making the impact. They're not driving the game forward that we would need to be successful as a national team. So when you see it, especially in a place like the Premier League where Coaches come and go. There's a saying that coaches are hired to get fired. And you, especially this season in particular, when you, you know, Unai Emery, gone. You know, uh, Mauricio Pazzutino, gone. You know, you even think a couple seasons ago, what, the season after Leicester won the league, Claudio Reyna got not even a full season. And they said, hey, it's it, you're not showing any improvement over what we had. If anything, you were starting to regress, out. They bring in somebody else. And now what Brendan Rodgers has them battling almost for the title. Like, yeah, I mean, Liverpool's kind of running away with it at this point, but every team that was that mid-level team like us, like Watford, like Crystal Palace, they all look at Leicester and go, if they can do it, why can't we do it? Is it the coaching? Is it the players? Is it the money spent? Because really, I don't remember hearing them make any big splash. I don't remember hearing Leicester's, Le- Leicester spending money left and right, but they're still finding a way to be successful. So what is it about our club that we cannot be successful? And with with Manuel Pellegrini, I'll be honest, I was I was starry-eyed because of the name. Because you go, wow, this is a top-level coach. This is a top-level manager that's coming to our club of all clubs. It's not another David Moyes. It's not a Sam Allardyce. It was somebody that we thought was going to take us to that next level, and we're not seeing even a glimmer of that next level. Like we said, we're battling for relegation. We're in a relegation battle right now. This this is insanity. And as much as I have tried to put my faith in in the manager, He's given me nothing to to build on. He's given me no goodwill in return. So I'm with you, man. Like it 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 pains me to say, but he's got to go. There's just there's no progress, and you know, without progress, we're we're never going to get back to the club that we that we think that we are. 
uh, everybody mark it down. Um, and Liam's first episode with Tex <laughs> from the Fresno Irons, he has admitted that I am right. He is wrong. Oh, yeah. We totally understand now. And I'm, I just want to say welcome to the negative side. Now you're a true West Ham fan. Well, and it's it's like a weight off my shoulders. I, I legitimately feel lighter, which is interesting in a post-Thanksgiving apocalypse <laughs> to feel lighter. I, it's. I mean, he he's got to go, and I think you know. Uh, you had a very interesting tweet asking, you know, um, should we fire the manager, and if we do, what what happens with January? And, and my thing is this: if you're the board, and I commented on your on yeah. your tweet, if you're the board, it, it comes down to this: if if you're going to stick with Pellegrini, which nobody wants to hear, but if you are in January, you give him whatever he wants. Yeah, you back him a hundred percent, and. That, because if that's the decision you're making, you go all in. You know, it's like dating an ex that's cheated on you. You, <laughs> we all know that it's probably going to happen again. But you can't sit there and doubt her. You have to just be all in. You and accept that's, your fate. <laughs> you just got to stick it out. And and the thing is, if you fire him, you got to do it soon as possible. If you're not going to be sold on him, and this is why he should already been gone because the new manager's got to come in. This is what makes a guy like Sam Allardyce a phenomenal manager because Sam Allardyce comes in, and if you give him a transfer window. He's a very staunch businessman. He can go find easy talent that's cheap, and he can fix your team. Now, granted, it's always a short-term fix with him. We all know that. But a guy like Sam Allardyce comes in, you're not getting relegated. Now, I'm not saying, please, nobody tweet at us and sit there and say, <laughs> oh, they, they want Sam Allardyce back. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need a manager in right now to assess the talent. The January transfer window is less than 20 days away or is – 25 22 days away and it's it's infuriating to sit there and think that we may have to deal another six days with pellegrini that's six days less a new manager has to assess this team because i'm going to tell you the truth i'm starting to really question uh philippe anderson i liked him last year but this year i don't know how many times he just doesn't look like he's putting in the shift that he was last year and it's incredibly scary a guy that Sebastian Allaire, I'm not ready to, to throw it in on him, but it's very clear who our best striker is. It's Mikel Antonio. Well, and it, and isn't that the, the crux of the problem, right? Where we're spending money on players that we expect to perform. We expect to elevate the performance of the people around them, right? The idea of a rising tide ri- raises all ships. But here we are with a $40 million striker that can't even make an impact off the bench, let alone gain a starting position. We've got a pacey winger that last season was taken on fullbacks left and right, Megan players all over the place, you know, curlers against Crystal Palace, and hasn't had a goal in, what, 18 months? Come on. And we, we he was, what, 25, 20, 25 mil, 20 mil, something like that? We paid a cool, uh, I think we paid 33 million for him when it was all said and done. And Yarmolenko was like 17 mil? Same thing. Impact, Not even an impact player off the bench, but yet can score goals for his national team. It's, it's difficult to watch them spend money on misidentified players that whether or not they're a good player is immaterial. Are they a good player for West Ham? And that's what we're seeing time and time again. So I like the idea of somebody like an Allardyce who can identify talent that can uh, uh, build a team with probably very shrewd uh, uh, expenditure. But you're going to look at that team and they're not going to play beautiful football. They're not going to be that attacking West Ham way that we always expect to see. 
And is that going to be acceptable? Are you going to be happy with sitting mid table around that, you know, 10 to 13, let's say spot playing unattractive football, but at least we're not in a relegation battle. Or like we said before, do you let us drop, you blow it all up, you start from scratch. I mean, that, that to me is the only way to go. And this brings me to the biggest question of all. If we choose to stick with Pellegrini, if we do, does West Ham United get relegated if he's the manager the rest of the year? It, that's the that's such tough such a tough question because you look at the bottom three, right? You look at uh, um, Southampton. You look at was it Watford and oh man, I'm blinking Norwich. Norwich, thank you. Um, so I mean, you look at the bottom. You look at the bottom three, and really with Southampton, we're only a point ahead of them. So at that point, you know, this weekend if if we lose, they jump us. And at that point, that's where the decision has to be made. So I don't fully think that we'll get relegated because one way or another, they're either going to keep Pellegrini spend big in January to be able to get us back up to where we need to be and let him finish out the rest of at least this season. And then can him going into what would have been his, you know, at the last year of his contract, because at that point, the prorated amount of whatever else they would have to pay him to get rid of him would be a lot less because if they like, I, like you and I had had the exchange on Twitter. If they do shit can him, that's all the money that we probably would have had for January anyways. So you're going to bring on a new coach that you're probably going to have to bring on on a free. You're not going to be able to buy him away from somebody else. Everybody kept saying Rafa Benitez because he's in the, the commentary booth that all of a sudden, Oh, he must be in the running for it. No, they're not going to spend money to bring him from China. If they're not going to spend money to get rid of Pellegrini, they're definitely not going to spend money to bring somebody else in. They're going to try to bring somebody on the cheap, a caretaker manager that'll help us survive the end of the season and then look for somebody for the start of, uh, you know, 20, 20, 2020 going into 2021. I'm going to make this real simple for you. <laughs> we will get relegated if Pellegrini stays. You think so? I, it's it's not a think. It's a, it's, it's a known fact. And I'm going to tell you why. We've shipped nine straight goals at home. In three games, we've conceded three goals. We don't look bothered. Um, you could argue we played a very good game against Chelsea, but you could also argue Chelsea was unable to do much in the final third. Now, why that happened, I don't know. Every once in a while, a dog has his day, and I hate to say that in that scenario, we were the dog. So what I'm bothered about in this situation, Liam, is that Pellegrini has shown no ability to improve. He's only showed the ability to break the team down to a point where this is what we're watching. And it's not a situation right now where I really, truly think that we have much hope. And I, I think, like, I'm not trying to be the pessimist, but I, I said it. If he loses to Wolves and we come out and we play poorly, I'm on the Pellegrini out train. I was close. Then we beat Chelsea. For any team that has any backbone, that's a, that's a turning moment for you. Yeah. You say, look, guys, we can do this. And then you come out against Wolves and that's how you play? I don't give a shit who they are. You, if, if they would have lost that game 1-0, are two one or they would have looked like they were in the game, but at no point were we, and it's infuriating to watch. And we have not built this team the right way. And I, this is on the board. We don't have we don't have good depth. Our starting eleven is nice. It's a good starting eleven. It's a top eight starting eleven. I think anybody in the Premier League will agree with that. The problem is if one guy goes down, the guy we're bringing off off the bench, we we don't know what he's capable of, and we. Let's look at what West Ham fans love to complain about, okay? Number one, they love to complain about the the misuse of the academy. Well, Pellegrini, 
He brought on Nathan Holland, but again, they let Grady Diangana go out on loan, which I thought was a mistake. Every I, people were saying, "Well, I don't think he's primarily ready." No, the kid can play, and and you and you keep him in there, and you keep rolling with him. When West Ham had their great years back in the '60s, '70s, into the early '80s, it's because the academy players were doing it. So, one, we need to hire somebody that's a West Ham guy. We need to hire someone. And, hell, I don't know who it is. Bring in Paula DeCano. That's who I'd love to see. Unless I know Paula DeCano ain't going to give somebody water if they ain't trying. Because the guy is a freaking nightmare to guys that don't give effort. And what is the one thing that we're complaining about right now? We need effort. So looking at that, I think we're clearly going down. And if we don't put in effort this week, like you said, we have Southampton coming up. And now we're going to preview this game. And I don't have a lot of positive things to say here, Liam. So I'm going to I'm going to lean on you here to be the positive person, but if you go negative, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> on this one we'll, we'll we'll let it slide. Uh look, on paper we're, we're clearly the better team. You mentioned it earlier. We're one point in front of Southampton. We are going down to St. Mary's. We need to get that win. It's not a draw situation. Like Pellegrini really pissed me off when he's like, well, we really need to focus on winning our home games. No, f- fuck that, Pelly. Fuck that. We need to be in every game that we play from this point forward because you've put us in a position where if we don't start racking some points here and there, then in our, in our easiest stretch of the season, you gained one point. And we had a stretch of six games where we could have gotten a good amount of points, and you got us one. And then we're now we're into these drives. And remember, the Liverpool game has been postponed. So wherever that game gets dropped in, it's only going to make the situation harder on West Ham. So we are clearly the better team on paper. Um, I want to know, what do you need to see from West Ham to give you just hope going into this game? I mean, fight for sure, because you, you always want to see the guys trying to play for the badge, because that, that's always how it should be. We said it earlier, if we lose or if we draw, as long as we felt like we were in the game, you know, as you said, Burnley, we weren't in the game. Newcastle, we weren't in the game, even though the scoreline was, you know, misleading. Even with Tottenham, we really weren't in the game. And as much as we would have loved to have seen that equalizer with Rice, that he ended up being offsides, still we would have walked out of it feeling pessimistic, because that even with that game, it still felt like, it feels like every game is an away game for us at this point. Our home games is just in shambles. The The crowd is trying to cheer on the, the players as much as possible. They're trying to get them motivated, but we're just not seeing that. So if I see motivation, that's definitely going to give me a little bit of hope because when we saw what we saw against Chelsea was that the players had not given up on Pellegrini, that they were not going to, uh, you know, he hadn't, you know, as they say, lost the dressing room, right? So if I see the heart, whether or not they're doing it for themselves, they're doing it for us, they're doing it for Pellegrini, I don't give a shit. As long as the heart is in there. Ideally, I want to see the win. I mean, this is fucking Southampton. If we are going to Southampton and trying to walk away with a draw, what what are we doing at this point? What we need to do is we need to battle for the win. I don't care if it's 1-0 to the Cockney Boys or 20-0 to the Cockney Boys. They need to get that win. They need to pull out with a W, get the three points, get the fuck away from the relegation zone, and get us back on track. Whether Pellegrini survives the game is immaterial at this point. We as fans, we're losing our hair. We're all going gray. Give us the fucking win. I'm going to take that as a shot at me because I am losing my hair. So I'm and I'm little... going gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We're, we're, just, we're the next uh, hymns guys on the commercials. I dig it. Uh, 
I, there's not much that can give me hope in this game. If we come out and we win it, I'm still not going to feel good. I still think Pellegrini should go. I think West Ham should be the first team in history to fire a manager after a win, even though that's probably happened. I'm just, I just think, I think he, he's got to go. And uh, a, a team like Southampton is a very winnable game, but the form we're in, I think we're all a little nervous. And so I, I have to admit, Liam, there, there's not much hope that I have. And if we win this game, uh, this is the most troubling question of all. How much more time does Pellegrini get? If he wins this game, does that mean he's our manager through the January transfer window? How much more time does he get? I, I mean, I was looking at the uh, the upcoming fixtures that we have after that. So you, you look at Crystal Palace, uh, Leicester, Bournemouth, Gillingham in the FA Cup, and then Sheffield United, and then Everton. So really, if you are going to make the replacement, I would say the the one game out of those that I would I would say is a given loss is going to be Leicester. I really don't see any way that we get past them, but everything else is a winnable game. You look at Crystal Palace, you know, yeah, in our the shit form we were in, we still only lost 2-1, going up 1-0 one, one in the beginning. I mean, Sheffield United, yeah, we had to battle back for the draw. Everton, we weren't in that game, but if you get the good manager bounce, these are all winnable games. This gets our season back on track, but... I was thinking back to the end of last season. Anytime that it looked like we were going to jump into that top seven, anytime it looked like, oh, if we get this win, we can go third. We get this win, we can stay in the top six or whatever. We would lose the next two. And then we would get a win to keep us right around ninth or tenth place. And then we would lose again. And then we would draw. And then we would lose. So it was like the end of last season was almost a precursor to the disaster that this has become at this point. So, I mean, as I said before, I mean, you, you got to get rid of him. I think with Southampton is the perfect time to drop him, whether it's win, lose or draw, bring in a new coach, give him some time, like you said, to assess the players by the time we go into the transfer window. And really any manager worth his stripes is going to step into this team already knowing what players he wants to keep and which ones he's ready to shuffle away. Yeah. If we win, he's going to be there through January. So I'm in a very precarious situation. And that leads us into our score prediction time against Southampton. Obviously, it's an away game. We're at Southampton. Uh, hit me with your score prediction. What do you think the final will be? So uh, I'm always going to go for the win for us. I think that we do give up a goal, even with Martin uh, you know, trying his best to, to save that back line. I'm going to call it a 2-1. So I think we ship one goal. But I do think Mikel Antonio puts one in the back, uh, in the back of the net. And then I... I don't expect Cresswell to be on this one. So I'm hoping that we try to go with that 3-5-2 that everybody's been calling for. I think maybe this is the kick-on for Allaire, where he finally gets that goal back, and we we allow our two strikers to actually act as two strikers. But the caveat to that is the stats do have us at only a 25% chance of winning, a 24% chance of draw, and a 51% chance that Southampton wins. So take that as you will. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's going to be a 3-0 Southampton win. <laughs> I am not giving Pellegrini anything. Um, I have no goal prediction because we're not getting on. Who's your man of the match? Uh, so I'm going to probably go with Declan. I feel like he's kind of your your safe bet because he is... He is the kid that typically is out there giving us all game in and game out. And even when he has a bad game, it's still not as bad as a lot of the players that are out there. But I say if it's not him, it's got to be Mikel Antonio because if he's going to be the one to score the goal, it's going to be because he battled his ass off trying to earn that one. 
I, I'm going to go man of the match. The guy who's my hammer of the year right now, that's on hell. Oh, yeah. I think he's been playing well all year. Uh, I'm going to go with him. I don't know why I'm going with him. I don't know what he's going to do to warrant that because I think it's going to be a very poor performance. And that brings us to my favorite part of the show. Um, it's time for our yellow and red cards. Liam, give me your yellow card. Okay. So my, my yellow card is definitely going to have to go to, uh, the board on this one just because, the promises that have been made, you know, and I get it. Like Upton Park is gone. We're never going to get that back. It's apartment complexes now. So I get that. But the, you you promised us gold. You, well, gold, Sullivan and Brady. Like you, you promised us the world. You promised that West Ham was going to be next level, that we were going to be the upper echelon of, of uh, you know, of premier clubs, of English clubs. And we just haven't seen anything even close to that. So my, my yellow card has to go to them. It's time for them to deliver. And if the only way to do that is to get rid of Pellegrini and get somebody in that's going to get us to where we were promised we would be, then so be it. I'm I'm just curious if their dildo brothers or dildos actually delivered anything. <laughs> I'm I'm just very curious because there a lot of over promises, a lot of under deliver. Maybe it takes more batteries than they told you on the box. I don't know. Uh, my yellow card goes to VAR. Um, I, you know, just as a supporter watching in the pub here in America, it's incredibly frustrating when a goal scored and then you have to wait on VAR. So that kind of killed the excitement against the game against Arsenal. But then I realized I'm a West Ham supporter. Oh yeah, we're going to lose three one. I shouldn't have got excited in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, who's your red card for? Uh, my, my red card with this would probably be a red card that I give most of the time is the, uh, uh, the broadcast broadcast rights for, Premier League games. The fact that this is still sitting behind an enormously expensive paywall and even to be able to see the games that you should want to televise anyways. It is bizarre to me that we have to bend over backwards to try to watch the games that we're already waking up at 3.30 in the morning to be able to catch a 4 o'clock, 4.30 game regardless. There there was, uh, I can't remember, Sports Talk maybe, was was uh, did a segment talking about that if you did a streaming service similar to like your Netflix, your Disney+, Plus, your Hulus, where it was a monthly subscription, you would have millions of people that would subscribe to this. You're going to make your money. So when you talk about Sky Sports, you talk about broadcast rights, you should not make it difficult for fans to be able to enjoy the games that they want to watch. Like this is this is business 101. Give the people what they fucking want. But for whatever reason, they want to make this some sort of elitist bullshit paywall that I'm sorry, NBCSN. I'm not paying your exorbitant prices just to be able to watch games that, you know what? I have more fun going to the pub, hanging out with a bunch of other people so we can cry on our beers at the end of the game. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on one point. I think they should charge Tottenham fans more. <laughs> I think I think if you declare yourself a Tottenham fan, you're going to pay double, and that's just the way it goes. Or they just don't broadcast those games, so you have to go to New Shite Heart Lane in order to be able to enjoy the travesty that is your terrible football club. I would still like them to be able to watch their game but i want because i want to look at them go i know what you paid to watch that but their broadcast should only be from a like a blackberry like i'm talking about like 15 year old blackberry phone that somebody is trying to videotape in the west ham supporter section so they have to listen to all the west ham chants shit talking their shitty football club I'm just going to tell you now, if you hear that uh, BlackBerry people, you can send the check to Liam Bright. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're back on the market. Uh, my red card goes to fucking Pellegrini. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. He's out. Done. <laughs> Not, I, if there was a black card, I would give him the goddamn black card. Uh, yeah, I, that's it. 
You know, uh, I want to say thank you so much to uh, American Hammers Network for allowing us this platform. Thank you to Tim and Lee for starting this whole thing and getting it on here. I want to say once again thank you to Liam for being here. It's time for our uh, local shout-out, and we're also going to promote American Hammers Network. Liam, tell them how to subscribe. So make sure that you guys are uh, checking us out on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook. Make sure that you guys are subscribed so you do not miss a single show. There are tons and tons of content out there that you guys can get through. Uh, so make sure that you are now that it is American hammers network, uh, on Twitter, as opposed to just the American hammers TV. So make sure that you are looking for that. And then also Christmas is coming. Make sure that you go to, uh, threadless.com. You can actually get a Fresno iron shirt now. So make sure that you get that it's cooler weather. So why don't you upgrade that to a hooded sweatshirt or a zip up and get yourself something nice. Maybe get something for the loved ones, pick some things up for the kids but kit yourselves out you can be full kit wanker it'll be beautiful everybody will love it I'm going to tell you right now, that was a beautiful promotion there, Liam. Um, I'm going to give a local shout-out here to 559FC. If you don't know what we do here in Fresno, every supporter group in town links together under the banner of 559FC. So, yes, you English guys, I know that pisses you off that we rub elbows with other clubs sometimes. But it's all in good fun. Uh, We have a great time. And uh, if you find yourself in Fresno, California, for some strange reason, trust me, I I was lost. That's how I got here. Maybe you should stop on down to Full Circle Brewing this Saturday, 9.30 a.m. We get a late start. Um, Come hang out with Fresno's Finest, the Fresno Irons, and come watch us take on Southampton. Hopefully it'll be a good experience, but nonetheless, remember, your first pint's on us. And as always, come Come on, on, you you irons. irons!